right. Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Good. It's good to be back. Uh, I've had a couple weeks off. I really appreciate it. If you were here the last couple weekends, wow, great messages. Uh, Marty Knapp, the first week, was fabulous. Come on, Marty. I mean, he was so good. I kind of want to... I want him to be my pastor. I mean, it's that good. It was so good and so real. I, you know, he preached on the, the, the Good Samaritan, but it should have been the prodigal son coming home. What an incredible place of vulnerability. And, and really, last week, our guy Logan, uh, Logan, who it wasn't that amazing. Uh, Logan, Logan went there in the, on the place of vul, vul, uh, vul, what's the word? Uh, vulnerability. That's the word. <laughs> and he was so passionate. I appreciate his heart and, and returning returning him back here today, but it is, it is good to be back. I, if, if you are new and if you're online with us, we're glad to have you here this morning. We, you probably saw a video that went up at the beginning and people kind of talked through it, but there's a, there's a newcomer opportunity for you to get connected, and we have what we have is a connection card. It's in your program. You can connect online to do that as well, but we want to take next steps with you. Even in the summertime, getting involved in community in our small group or serving in the community, we'd love to invite you to that. We have a place you can put a prayer request, so you can drop that off, drop it off in the back. There's a gift for you on the way out as well if you're new, but we just want to make that connection with you in your program today. There's some notes to follow along. You can fill in and then discuss them this week. I don't, maybe your group's on a break or you're Maybe you just want to build a beach fire and just spend time talking about the parable that we're going to look at today. I encourage you to do that. You can one ear out the other and you forget about it, but when you start talking about it and making it a part of your life, you actually, you know, the best sermon is the one lived. It's not the one you heard. It's actually what you do with it. So we want to encourage you to take those next steps with us today. And if you are new, we're in this series called Grace and Grit on the parables of Jesus, and when you read through them all, these kingdom principles that Jesus talks about, just, it's a ton of grace of God that's poured into it, but there's a little bit of grit that's needed to require a faith to step out and actually live them out. So Jesus gives these challenges that are there, and today you're going to need, let's just say, a little bit more grit, because it's con we're going to talk about a topic that you all love, but don't really want to talk about in church, is money. And when we talk about money, people, people cringe a little bit, like, because, like, well, what am I, do I need to do something, give more? We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. But why we do that is because a, a lot of what is, uh, what Jesus talked about, he talked about his kingdom. That was the number one thing Jesus talked about in the king, about his kingdom. But you know, the second thing he talked about was money. And they, they, they tie together. What is the tie together? Well, whatever, whatever is connected here is connected here. And some of you are like, you just pointed to your rear end. How does that? I mean, my wallet, okay? It's connected here. What's here is here. There's a, there's a correlation, and Jesus talks about that. And we're going to get to that here in a moment. But when we talk about money, a lot of times it's connected. As we're going to talk about generosity. We don't really admit the fact that we, we might be praying like we want to be more generous, and we'll, we'll share about that, but we never really pray like, I want to stop being greedy. I've never had anybody come to the front and say, I'm a greedy person. I need prayer. Now, we might talk about selfishness and need to surrender and all that goes with it because it's kind of cringy when you talk about greed a little bit because the stereotypes you get are basically like a used car salesman, Scrooge, and like a TV televangelist, Okay. Right? Don't you, now, if you're a used car salesman, I'm sorry. I didn't want to put you in the stereotype with that. 
but we, we struggle a little bit. So, in fact, Jesus in this parable we're going to look at today, there's, there's a warning about this. Then we're going to get to this parable. In Luke chapter 15, it says this. Jesus says these words. He says, be careful and guard against all kinds of greed. I thought this greed was greed. All kinds of greed. He's like, stop, I want to warn you. And this kind of greed, and then we're going to, it's so subtle that we'll look at here today. And we don't recognize it. It, it, it's, it can be part of all of our lives. In fact, this issue of greed, this type of greed, I think it can be camouflaged in Christian virtue. We, we say things like this. We say, you know, we want to be caring and we want to reach out, but yet we kind of do this. We say, you know, I, I want to be careful. I'm thrifty. I, I'm a saver. I'm a good steward. I'm protective of what I have. I want to prepare for the future. Now, by themselves, all those statements really are important, right? I, Bible talks about being good stewards. It talks about being, being careful and being wise with your, what God is giving you. Saving and preparing is important. I mean, if you gave it all away and, and you're, you're thinking that's a wonderful thing, then we, well, then we have to support you, right? That doesn't work too well. It doesn't, it's not very practical that way. But it, what we're really looking at is it's, it's more of a question of motives. Here, here's a question. I think it's a good question to ask ourselves. Is what is the motivation of the money I desire to acquire and keep? What is that? What's behind the motive? What is behind that? Uh, the late, great Larry Burkett, if you don't know who that is, it's like picture Dave Ramsey, you know, 25 years ago. Uh, Larry is now passed on. He's with the Lord. But he used this phrase. He says, the only difference between saving and hoarding is attitude. It, there, there's a correlation or there's a, there's a connection or I would say even a tension that's there with that, right? That... The attitude is, do I, I, am I about acquiring and keeping or am I receiving and giving? And here's our thought for today. Greed is not a financial problem, but an intention of the heart. See, I think we, we lift up virtuous, the virtue of, of generosity, but secretly we can envy in accumulation. We, 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 we lift out like, wow, that person is being generous. We think it's generosity. But then also we can, on the side, look at another person and go, look what all they have and what I don't have. Maybe that's not you, but it can be me sometimes. You know, we, we know this scripture, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And we've, we've clarified that already. Like, it's not, money is not evil. Okay, money is money. It's, it, there's no emotion to money. It's just, it's numbers. It's, it's, it, it is what it is. There's nothing. But what, what is the root behind it all? All kinds, here's another word, all kinds of, of evil that come from it. Now, we, we can focus on that first part of that verse, but we don't really read the last part of this verse. You might be surprised. It says this, some people craving money have wandered from the truth faith, I'm sorry, the true faith, and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Wow, there's, there is some sorrow when it comes to the love, the greed, the of money. We, we, we find this happening that it's, it's piercing. It, it's, it's wounding that can take place. You see, I've seen a lot of damage done by the plastic in this wallet as well as the, the green 
you know, paper dead presidents around. I've seen, you and I, we've seen a lot of things that have not gone good. I've seen husbands lose their marriages and wives and lose their marriages over the contents of this piece of leather. I've seen children being abandoned because they, people didn't, people didn't have, the family didn't know how to control what was going on in their money, with their money. I've seen brothers refuse to talk to each other over years because of a, a business deal that went south between them. I've seen families torn apart, divided down in the middle because of what grandpa gave and didn't give to them. I've seen businessmen and women sell their very souls to this to see their lives destroyed for the all-elusive dollar. It's not what's in here that matters. It's what's in here that matters, and it's affected us all. And I've seen churches neglect their role in telling people that God loves people so much that he has a plan, and it's involved in helping them do and steward what is best. There. So what we don't do with it, how we handle it, has a lot to do. Will, will there be pain? There will be sorrow. There will be in life. But there's a type of greed that can affect us and bring many sorrows that destroy our lives. So we we'll talk about here today that greed is a hard issue. And the stresses it squeezes in our lives and the attitudes with it. And that's why Jesus goes here and he says this. Be careful. Guard against all kinds of greed. Then he describes a kind of greed and it's this. He says that life is not measured by how much one owns. That word life here is the word, there's, you know, in Greek, there's multiple, you know, multiple words for the same word, sometimes in English. And there's two basic words for life in the New Testament Greek. And one is, one is zoe and one is bios. Bios is your biological life. It's your, it's your breathing, it's your heart beating, it's your physical self. That's the bios of life. And where we get bio, like biology, the word. And then zoe, Z-O-E, and there's other spellings of it. And there's, in, in Greek, it's spelled different and it looks different. But it basically means, life means abundant life or full life. Like, like life force that's there. And we look at this word, this life, zoe. Zoe is not measured by how much you own. It's that real life isn't measured that way. And we know this to be true, right? Watch reality TV and it's not, we've learned over the last 20 years, it's not really reality TV, Okay. You know, turn on, well, don't do it, but turn, you can see, flat, fast, through, fast forward through the Kardashians, okay? You know, or Real high Housewives or whatever, I don't know if that's on anymore. But what you find is, if you watch, click through it, you realize this is, nobody looks very happy. Have you noticed that? A lot of emptiness in that, and those lives are there, because it's saying that life is an abundance of possessions. It's not fame and popularity and wealth. See, I, I've met a lot of happy people that are wealthy. I've met a lot of unhappy people, people who are wealthy. I've met a lot of, I know a lot of, well, I don't know a ton, but you, you might, and you, you're people that are poor, poor, happy people, and poor, unhappy people. Greed, greed is not a money issue, it's a heart issue. And that's the type, and there's a type of greed. There's, there's something subtle that's here that Jesus is talking about that's connected with this. So what, what do you do? How do we discover really what, how life is measured? Here's some notes you can fill in today to recognize. First is this, is our, our true value is not determined by our net worth, okay? So we've got students and children in the audience. If you want to, here's 101 finances we tried to learn in high school was, how do you determine net worth? You'll know that when you go in for a loan. And they'll say, well, what do you own and how much you owe? You're, you're going to add up all your assets, everything you have that you own. And bank accounts, houses, whatever property, and then subtract what your liabilities are, what you 
owe, and that is your, determines your net worth. Jesus makes it clear in verse 15, he says it this way in the NIV, he says, life, if you want to know what your net worth is, does not consist of an abundance of possessions. That the bottom line is, is very different how Jesus sees your life and he sees my life compared to how the world sees life. But we don't live that way sometimes, do we? We find ourselves consumed by consuming more. I think it would be interesting if aliens did exist out there and they looked down at planet Earth, what would they look down and see? Well, they would see a lot of people looking down like this right now. But they also would see people going to these buildings and coming out with stuff. And they're like, oh, that's how they survive, is they go into these buildings and they come out with things, okay? And, and is that life? Is that really show what life is? Well, if we value everything on, a, on an abundance of that, and it's not just one, it's, it's we got to collect all ten of them. <laughs> it, it just continues on, and we find this in our life. And so all the upgrades, all the things we're trying to get out of life, in the end, leaves us empty. In fact, even further, we're going to discover well, it doesn't make us wise at all. And in this, if life is consumed with abundance of possessions, and you might have heard this before, um, we, we love money and we then use people rather than use money to love people. That is the subtle difference that Jesus talks about here. Many thoughts, but one to think of in our life. It's all about motivation. See, greed says this. I owe me. Greed says, I owe me. Hey, you ever done, I owe you? You know, you ever wrote on I owe you? And, uh, you know, we write them to ourselves, I owe myself. I, I mean, you, you don't, I mean, you don't say this out loud, but you th say things, you think of yourself, I worked all day. I did a lot. I'm going to come home and relax, right? Some of you have done that. And then the people you're living with, yeah, me too, but there's a bunch of things to do. Uh, and so, but we say, no, I'm going to sit my lazy boy, crack a cold one open. Hey, get that. Hard day. How about this? Have you ever done this? I dieted all week, all week. I deserve this hot fudge Sunday, right? Or how about this? You're like, I've worked all here. I deserve a vacation. I deserve a cruise. I deserve a cruise. My, that's what my wife said. She goes, I deserve a cruise. No, she, oh, I guess I said that. Oh, that's right. I tried, ah, yeah, that's, got that wrong. Okay. No, we don't, we don't deserve. What, 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 do we, what do we deserve? We all deserve hell, right? I mean, I mean, that sounds brash, but it's true, right? Read the Bible. Read, understand the gospel. Like, Jesus did everything for us. Listen, we got to, let's put things in perspective. This entitlement comes over us. He says, life does not consist of the abundance of possessions. And then, he says a parable. Some of you are like, okay, we're talking about parables. What's the parable connected with this morning? Well, the context of this parable we're going to read is this, that, it, that Jesus talks about a farmer, and the farmer had a bumper crop. I mean, it was a great year. And he kept on just building, building, building all the seed he had. And he looked, he goes, I don't have room. I don't have room to put all that I got. What am I going to do? You know what? I'm going to build a bigger barn. That's what I'll do with what I have. I'm, what, what I have, I'm going to acquire. I'm going to keep. The farmer said to himself these words. He says, i got enough food, things stored up to last me for many years. Rest, eat, drink, and enjoy life. Come on, right? Whew. 
that's what we, you know, weekends are made for. Remember that commercial? But God says to him this, foolish man, tonight your life will be taken from you. This is how it will be for those who store up things for themselves and not rich toward God. That's the type of greed we're talking about. That's the kind of greed it is. So it's not just about greed leaves us unfulfilled and empty. What greed actually does is it makes us foolish. See, some of the consequences of self-indulgence, yes, are there's addiction. There's, you know, we see this in alcohol, drugs, pornography, shopping, gambling, gaming. They, they're all medication. They're all meds to get us through what we're getting through. That lead, yes, to full-blown addictions. It is so true, and it affects so many, and you've been affected by it personally or others you know. But, but yet there's this better way that God offers, and he wants to lead us out of that. He wants to lead us out of that greed. And, and we could pray a prayer. We could pray a prayer, and it's not a bad prayer to pray. So Jesus, take my greed, take it away, help me through it. I want to be more generous, right? You might have prayed that prayer. Or you might have prayed that prayer over others because you're thinking, there's people in my life, you know, wow, my, it might be you. You might be my, yeah, my wife needs to pray that prayer. Like, she just click, click, clicks on all the Amazon, and things just show up every day. And there's just boxes stacked up every day in my porch. What's going on? You know, we could pick on you, husbands, when you go, he came back with another tool from Home Depot. How many tools does this guy need? Every time he goes to Bellingham, he's going to bring something back, okay? Kids, right? You, we, you're, you know, your parents heard this from your grandma and grandpa, and they now are saying to you, do you think that money grows on trees, right? We're all guilty, whatever it is. But you say, what do we do? Can we pray that prayer? Sometimes we pray prayers, and we don't actually live up to the prayer that we pray. And that is where religiosity and hypocrisy lie. And we become anemic to it all, and it doesn't have any effect on us. You could pray all you want and ask for all the grace you want, but there's a step of stepping in of faith that requires a little bit of grit to actually fulfill that prayer. See this, generosity. You know what generosity does? You can pray for it all you want. Generosity breaks the power of greed. Generosity breaks the power of greed. And it breaks this kind of greed that Jesus is talking about. And the way to do that is to give. So here it comes. Here's what's going to sound like the, the used car salesman, the big-haired TV preacher. You remember those, the big-haired guys? That, that here it is. Oh, that church church going to talk about money. Pastor's going to talk about money because the church needs money. Where This is the money talk, right? What's so fun, if you've known me for many, many years, you know my heart, and this is, uh, that's never been my motive. It's never been the right motive at all. The motive is to talk about the heart to be, to be generous. Yes, 10% of giving and tithes and offerings matter. Ten, the, 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 it's called a biblical practice of giving your first fruits to the Lord is a great thing. You need to know that CTK is 100% funded. This local church is, is funded by the people that sit in this church or the people that are not here that give, that, that are called North Bay home. We, we give a, away. We actually receive services 
for our network. We pay into the network uh, for receiving, you know, central services and care and things, bookkeeping and all those kinds of things. There's no other, there's no entity out there. We are it that God blesses us and gives. But I say all that is not to say give more or get, start giving, but, but this is your, whatever is here is connected, is connected here. Greed is not a financial issue, but a heart issue. And the way you do that is exercising it. I know this is going to sound very silly, but if you went to the doctor and you, let's say you went on a cruise, okay, and you came back and you stepped on the scale and you realized, oh my gosh, how did I gain this weight? Well, you ate as much as you wanted on a cruise ship and then you came back and you go, this is what happens. And you're like, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to go to the doctor. I'm going to say, I got to do something with this weight. Hey, doc, can, here's the thing. Could you, could, could there be like a pill that I could get that I could take care of this? He's going to laugh at you. He's going to say to you, there's all these ways to lose weight, different methods and things, but this is what you do, uh, sir, is you, you eat less and you move your body more. L- let me write this down a little bit. Let me, so there's no like, I mean, I'm, what I'm looking for, like, like, a, like a prescription, you know, something like that, be able to, you, okay, let me write it down for you, sir. You eat less and you move your body more, Okay. What are we saying? Takes a little bit of grit. Takes a little bit of grit. The way you're going to break generosity is no pill. There's no prayer. Even though prayer is great, don't get me wrong. It starts with actually doing something with it. And it's not all about this. It's all about this because what it is is having generous hearts. You know what's so beautiful in our church? What's so amazing? I can come back to this church. And I could, I could hear some wonderful reports. And what, you know what I heard about our church coming back is how much we care and love our community. There was a plea this last, maybe the last couple of weeks, is that true, for food for our, our, our bridge and the, and the needs of the people in the community. And I heard a report today that CTK stepped up. And after just incredible pleas, incre- there was such amazing generosity that this church shared. You know, what I heard last week and got to visit with them is with Tova Hare. Tova's and, and Dave are wonderful. They've been a part of our church for many, many years, close to 20 years, really. And, and Tova was in the hospital. Dave was out of town. And there was a group of ladies, her small group, that did a 24-hour care. And they rotated throughout the week. That is what it means to be generous. In fact, if you want to help and continue to give to the hares. There's a meal train casino be in the back as well. Would help you connect. How do you sign up for that is also on our Facebook page. You'll see a picture of Dave and Tova. They're 20 years. It's a picture of them. Looks like when they came to church 20 years ago. I'm not sure. It wasn't quite the current picture, but you get the point. This is a way that we can give in a tangible thing. In a little thing, it means a lot. Here's a question though when we do this. When was the last time you gave and received out and, and received nothing and considered anything in return? When was the last time you gave and received absolutely nothing back in return? Not a favor, not a thank you. It brings great satisfaction to your soul, and it's so fun to do that. I've never really met a lot of, a lot of happy, greedy people. Have you? I've met a lot of generous, happy people, but I've never really met anybody that's greedy that's happy. I've met a lot of greedy, grumpy people, 
but what do I want to be? I want to be, I want to be happy. And happy isn't, I have all, well, no, life is not about consuming all the possessions. It never is enough. Believe me, you can never eat enough food, even on a cruise ship. It doesn't, it does, it's just indigestion, okay? There's not enough. There's not enough you consume because life isn't about consuming. Life is about contributing, and that is the fulfillment that we get to experience in our life, and it's so amazing. But it comes down to this. What matters to you most? Jesus said this, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. What do you treasure the most? Christy and I, we lived through a, and we've told this story before, but I'll make it quick. We had an apartment fire, and I got to the place before she did, and I'm looking at flames shooting out of our little apartment, and the fireman comes over and says, sir, you got to stand back. I said, well, I, I live there. And he says, well, is there anything in there? Is there any, what, is, what do you want out of there? And I'm thinking, well, we don't have any pets and kids yet. Like, I don't know. There's got to be something. He says, I said, well, only can I think of was our wedding album. We just got married and got all the pictures. And this, this can you believe this, pre-digital. There's nothing on a cloud. There's no cloud of all those pictures. It's, it would be burning on the cloud and the, the little plume of smoke. And he comes back with our wedding album, wrapped it was like a little baby, you know, in this fire blanket, and hands us the wedding album. That's, that's what we had. Fortunately, not everything burned uh, in, in, our, in our apartment. But what if that happened to you, what matters to you the most? That will show what you treasure. When it probably won't be anything, will it? It will be somebody, I'm sure. I'm wondering at Christ the King is, what if we led in a redemptive way? What if this piece of leather, what if, what, what if we could give in such a way that create, was a, provided a creative resource to our community that met the needs of, of people to find, truly find Jesus? What if broken marriages through this effort could be restored? By the way, we're having a marriage encounter at the end of September that we're partnering together to care and, to, and help our marriages, our marriages. What if addictions could be conquered? What if families could be put back together? What if, what if there's the least and lost and lonely could truly find hope? What would we do? How will we take steps? Well, everything has to do with here to here, but it's, it's connected here. It's connected here. I'm going to invite our team to come as we wrap up. How is greed gripped you? How has greed gripped you? I think for me, I, I don't hold on to stuff too much. I, I mean, I'm a little nostalgic on photos and wedding albums and things like that, but I don't really stuff, I mean, we got insurance, right? You know, and you know, you get text messages and things, and and I try not to joke about this because, like, you know, some I told our staff, if, you know, if, if the building burns down while I'm on vacation, well, we have insurance, okay? Uh, but then, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, think that that would be a good thing at all for our building, right? So it doesn't matter. But I did receive that text message, and, you know, Jake let me know is, is moving forward, and as you heard this morning. And I, I have to say, when I heard the news, it took my breath away. There was that that gripping, ever had that gripping? And what I did was I went like this. And I kind of worked through this. And, and over this last week as I came back, I realized this, that, that I really grip people too tightly. And that, 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 uh, that the God just wants, 
whatever you have. It's a, if it's a water or who, God wants to, to release our fingers from it. He wants to pry our fingers away. He says, don't grip it or them because it's all mine. It's, everything's mine. We only hold people and things in a short season sometimes. I'm just wondering, what are you tight gripping today? Who are you tight gripping today? See, when I heard the news and everything, I felt the Lord just prompt me to the old song we used to sing. He gives and takes away. You know that song, gives and takes away? I'm like, I hate that song, Lord. And, and then, it, so, but it, it comes from Job, of all people, right? The Lord gives and the, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What is it that you're holding on to? You know, as God is lifting the fingers from me, we hold Jake and Haley out here and we say, Lord, they're yours. They're not ours. They're, they're yours for your kingdom and what you're going to do. And we are going to bless them here in a few weeks. We'll have a little send-off and pray over them as we send them off. And others will have a week or so people we know that we love that are, they're, you know, quote, leaving us. But they're not leaving us. They're just moving on the further in the mission of Jesus. What, what is it, though, for you that you're holding on to? And I want to invite you to stand in this prayer that we're going to pray. And I want to lead you. There's nothing you have to say, but there's just a posturing of our body that I think is real important. And I'm going to lead you in this exercise, and you're not going to remember all the words, but I think you're going to remember the postures that we do, that we're, whatever you're gripping or whoever you're gripping right now. Because you know, it's interesting when we do that. Like, you'll find yourself, when, you're, when you feel it, you're, you'll just look at your hands. You'll, you'll do this. You'll, you'll ball it up. And you're like, Lord, how do I, how do I live not a closed fist life but an open-handed life? And so what I want you to do, I want to invite you to just put your hands up like this if you're able to, as high as you can, or it doesn't matter, but up to the Lord. This is not hands upward. And I want you just to hear these words and that you would make these your words. Is this, Lord, I choose to hold my hands up as a symbol of surrender. My life is not about me. I surrender to your lordship. I surrender my preferences, my prejudices, position to you. I surrender my fears, my finances, my friends, and my family to you. And then go ahead now and put your, put your hands out like this. Just like you're, like you're holding a box. So Lord, I choose to hold my hands as a symbol of generosity. What I have is not mine. I'm simply a steward of all that you have given me. I want to mirror the way you've opened your hands to me and lavished your love and life upon me. I want to live an open-handed life in a closed-fist culture. Now I want you to put your hands forward, just like this, like you stop. But what you're doing is you're saying this, I choose to hold my hands forward as a symbol of mission. I want to live for something greater than me. I want to embrace your kingdom mission, Lord. I want to embrace and welcome your mission to the lost, the least, the lonely, to the poor, to the powerless, and to the privileged and the persecuted. I pray this in Jesus' name. Just bow with me in prayer as we pray. Lord, we would be absolutely amiss to not even acknowledge the topic of generosity without expressing to you out of worship 
and praise and gratitude for your amazing generosity to us through your very son. You gave your first and you gave your best to us. Jesus, you are the reality of generosity. You were so generous to come and to live the life you lived and to die on the cross for our sins and to be raised to life, that Zoe life that you gave, that, Lord, we would be wrong not to acknowledge and to thank you for your generous gift of salvation. And it's out of that generous love, Lord, we would even have the ability to be generous with our lives and to let go of what we've been hoarding and what we have been holding on to. And Lord, with our hands open again, we place whatever it is, whatever they are in your hands. Our possessions, our positions, our, our, our whatever, whatever we've acquired, the stuff of this world, Lord, we give over to you. It's yours, Lord. Yes, help us be good stewards, but help us to live, not to acquire, but to live in the flow of generosity in and through our life, Lord. And Lord, even more importantly, Lord, we hold the people in our life that somehow we think that are ours and think that we hold on to, the, the, the people that we raised, the people that have moved away, the people that have moved on to another position to, to do other things, God, you're called them to do, that whatever that they are, Lord, we, we lay them before your feet and say, Lord, they're not ours, they're yours. And we want to live this open-handed life. Lord, will you help us this week? When we tight grip something, when we hold hard to the steering wheel, may we, may we like loosen our grip just a little bit on life. Loosen a little bit, Lord, on, 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 our, on, on what worries us and what concerns us and what brings fear, Lord, that we find that life is not abundance of possessions, but the life measured is a life filled with living out of generosity. We find that true fulfillment. And what will happen is not only that, Lord, that we receive something, but the very people that need us to be generous in our community will be the beneficiaries. And they would be drawn to you, not because of what we've done, but they would see your light, they would see your example of, of us, and they would see you more importantly, Lord. So use our lives. Use it today. For your kingdom and for your glory, we pray. All because of Jesus, what you did for us, that we can now be generous toward others, we pray. In your name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to do this. We're going to we're going to we're going to sing a song of surrender. If you haven't surrendered to the Lord in prayer, we're going to do that here in this closing worship. But if you're thinking, man, I'm just really struggling. If you were me the other day and just feeling it, there's some people here that love to pray with you. And any way we can pray, folks are up here to the front today. But we're here for you. Have a great day. Let's sing this together.